Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. I'm your host. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29. Where we talk about anything and everything related to transforming the church. And uh, as always, I'm here with my dear friends, uh, family members, teammates, Nick and Mary. Guys, happy Advent. Happy Advent to you guys. Happy Advent. It looks, like, uh, it looks a little bit more like Christmas out the window in Detroit today. Is uh, God's blessing us with a little snow. Isn't that delightful? <laughs> it's, it's the first snow. It's beautiful. It is. It's the second snow that I don't like so much. But uh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> but it's not Christmas yet. It's Advent. And that's, uh, that's going to be kind of what we're talking about today, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, that's right. So today's, today's topic is watch. Because Advent's a season of watching. And maybe a lot of us haven't haven't heard this before. Maybe we have. I mean, I don't know. I was, I was pretty new to it last year, Father John, when you gave me some great wisdom and spiritual reading for Advent season, because I really didn't know how to approach Advent very well. I'd heard some things over the years, but I, I was struggling. And so if you're someone who is like me and sometimes struggles with, what is the purpose of Advent exactly? I think you're going to find this podcast very helpful. So Father John, you open up this watchfulness with a prayer. Yeah, I'd love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for these days that we're in, this time, this season in the church that you give to us to not only to prepare ourselves for the celebration of the incarnation of your son becoming man for us so as to rescue us, but also of this season, which is a time to prepare for that very real day which will come when we will stand before that same son of yours and with our eyes we will see him and with our ears, we will hear his voice. Lord, we ask for your grace to make the most of this time, that we might prepare our hearts, keep vigil, and uh, work on those areas in our lives which we know we need to work on so that when he comes, not if, we might be ready. Lord, we thank you in advance for your kindness, your grace, your mercy your patience in our lives. We just pray for your anointing now upon our conversation, that it would be hopeful and encouraging and also uh, appropriately sobering for us in these days. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Hey, I wonder if I could just share with you guys, uh, Nick, you mentioned that uh, last year I gave you uh, an excerpt, or actually it was a sermon in its entirety from uh, Cardinal Newman, Mm-hmm. Uh, simply entitled Watching. And it, uh, it was funny, you know, we actually recorded this podcast last week. We had some technical difficulties, whatever. And, um, so here we are, we're a date later than normal, then we would usually push this out. But I was encouraged after we recorded this the first time, and then like uh, those little microphone demons went to work. And wait, a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Technical difficulties means Nick Jorgensen. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, I was no, probably I talking order. too loud. I had a lot of coffee that day, no. and I probably blew out all the meters. There's a purpose for everything. Oh, yeah. And the Lord didn't want that message to go out. He wanted this message to yeah, go well, out. Yeah, well, he wanted an addendum to it. But but the reason I mentioned that is because uh, I, so, uh, I recently uh, got that uh, Word on Fire uh, Bible. gospel collection. Gosh, mm-hmm. And um, this past Sunday, the gospel was Mark 13, and there was an excerpt in there from, lo and behold, this sermon, which we had recorded the day before. I just found it really mm. confirming mm. that um, what Newman had written was also on Bishop Barron's mind. And, and so this is, this is maybe the way in. So let's just put ourselves in the presence of God and listen to this. This is Newman's words. Reflecting on Mark chapter 13, verse 33, when Jesus says, Take heed, watch, and pray, for ye know not when the time is. Our Savior gave this warning when he was leaving this world. 
leaving, that is, as far as his visible presence is concerned. He looked forward to the many hundred years which were to pass before he came again. He knew his own purpose and his father's purpose gradually to leave the world to itself, gradually to withdraw from it the tokens of his gracious presence. He contemplated, as contemplating all things, the neglect of him which would spread even among his professed followers, the daring disobedience and the loud words which would be ventured against him and his father by many whom he had regenerated, and the coldness, cowardice, and tolerance of error which we would be displayed by others who did not go so far as to speak or to act against him. He foresaw the state of the world and the church as we see it this day, when his prolonged absence has made it practically thought that he will never come back in visible presence. And in the text, he mercifully whispers into our ears not to trust in what we see, not to share in that general unbelief, not to be carried away by the world, but to take heed, watch, pray, and look out for his coming. That's a sober tone. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I think, you know, you, you were talking about like uh, at the very beginning, what do you do during Advent? I mean, what people usually know like what to do during Lent, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you do during Advent? I mean, the, the general mentality of, uh, of most Christians, I think, it certainly was my life for many years, was you just kind of do what the world in general does, and the world in these days leading up to Christmas is, like, I don't know, shopping. Um, as a mom, Mary, you're getting your house ready, right, to host people, or at least we would on a typical year, maybe not in the pandemic year. Yeah, decorate like crazy. But the church has a very different tone for Advent. Advent is a really sober time. I think sometimes we look at Advent as um, like an appetizer that you can just take a pass on, you know, before you actually celebrate Christmas. And you would no more do, you would no more celebrate Easter without Lent. And Advent is like a little, it's like a little Lent because it is a penitential season. It is a time to reflect. Mm -hmm. But we are not a reflective people. And by and large, I don't know about you guys, but... Um, um, noise is the enemy of silence, and there's a lot of noise, and it's difficult to silence ourselves. And I think that's, in order to do that, to be sober, to reflect on our end, to reflect on the coming of Christ, means we've got to get quiet, right. and we've got to get silent, and we're just not good at that by and large. And so we just don't do it, and we start pressing into to Christmas, which is glorious. But But that's not what we're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned a great point, which is uh, Advent's a penitential season. That's why we wear violet vestments during this time. You know, it's, uh, it's a muted kind of penance. It's not as uh, intense, maybe, as uh, the Lenten season. But it is a time, the church has traditionally said, this is the season of last things. Hmm. Uh, that's an expression that Fleming Rutledge uses in a, in a book that she uh, put together on Advent. It's a great expression, you know, like this is a time traditionally, we've just come out of November. November's a time in which we, we celebrate all saints and all souls. We call to mind in a special way in our prayers, all those who've died. And we focus on our own death. And that just actually continues to gather momentum in this Advent season. And we're supposed to ponder what the church calls the four last things, which are death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And so the, the season is this 
kind of bizarre combination of I, I, I want to have tremendous hope because God loves the world and he's rescued it by sending his son. That's what we're about to celebrate in Christmas. Jesus is going to come back for real and he's going to make all things new, which is going to be a, a tremendous day for those who followed him. It's going to be a terrifying day for those who've rejected him. And so mindful that I can be one of the ones who rejects him in word and thought and action. Mm. Uh, it's a terrifying day for us as well, or a terrifying season for us as well. Like, I'm going to be judged. Thus the exhortation, watch, get ready, prepare. Huh? Does that make sense to you guys? Mm. Yeah, it does. I mean, and even as you're saying that, Father John, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm struck to the core once again. Like, you know, I, I can hear the, the words of the scriptures echoing in my mind right now, you know. Um, you will be judged as you judge. You know, and if that's the mark, if the, if the Lord uses the ruler I have used in my life, I'm in trouble. Yeah, that's right. If with the, the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, is what Jesus says, right? I remember St. Augustine said at one point, or at least it was attributed to him, Lord, if I'm too merciful with other people, it's because that's how you've taught me. <laughs> I mean, may that be true when we die. Amen. May God say to us, you know, Nick, Mary, you were just way too generous. You were too merciful. Like, that would be a great thing to hear, right? But yeah. tragically, that's not probably what most of us are going to hear. Um, and so this is a time in which uh, we are to be anticipating what is to come. And what is to come, as Newman uh, exhorts us, is terrifying in the appropriate sense of that. Not terrifying in like a Halloween, you know, horror movie, but yeah. terrifying in like, it's a really frightful thing to stand totally exposed alone in front of God because I can't hide. And that's, should be anyway, sobering. You know, so I, I don't know about you guys, um, as I look out at what's going on in the church, Newman's line strikes me, you know, like Jesus saw in advance all the state of the world and the church. That was back in the 19th century, right? I mean, imagine what Newman would say about the state of the world and the state of the church now, right? But the right. Lord saw all that. And so we hear, I hear, I read, I think we all do, lots of judgments being uttered, not just by the world out there, but by disciples of Jesus, lots of judgments being uttered on all sorts of different situations, people, whatever, and oftentimes without really knowing what we're talking about. You know, uh, you guys are married, I do marriage counseling. There's always another side to a story. I mean, like, <laughs> we always know that, right? I mean, there's always more to what's happening than what appears. And yet, because we are the race that we are and we can be as inclined to sinfulness and selfishness as we are, we just kind of say things or make judgments that we probably shouldn't make all the time. But Advent's a time of preparing for my judgment. And if I'm seriously preparing for my judgment, I don't know about you guys, but it actually makes me want to close my mouth and go, uh-oh, mindful of the uh, the passage that you just quoted to a minute ago, Nick. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, this makes me think about is, you know, in this age of sort of ubiquitous information, right? I mean, information's at our fingertips. In ages past, there was not this platform of social media and all this stuff on our devices that could just get before us. And so we're able to make rash judgments, maybe easier now more than ever, you know, just in the sense of the world and looking at the church and looking at our leaders and just to criticize, criticize, criticize. 
Um, and, and, and even just to compare ourselves, like it's so easy to compare yourself when you can to get a snapshot, a very mm. fake snapshot of someone's life on the internet and make judgments about themselves and yourself. And so all this stuff can just breed this really toxic sense of I'm going to judge everyone else and, 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 and hide behind, you know, screens and devices. I, I can have a public voice and put stuff out on the internet in an instant. And so all the more reason this Advent to look, it, it, you know, in the church and the world to say, I'm going to step back. Lord, help. Look, look inward on me, Lord. Right. And I want to do that with you so that I can, I can be mindful of and, where and, I'm at. And as you're talking, I think one of, so the churches, uh, we're always reminded we're both and kind of people, not either or. And so it's important to say that doesn't mean that we don't make uh, or that we don't have thoughts about situations that are out there, I mean, that we just step back and go, well, I guess it doesn't matter what happens if there's injustice happening. Right. Not at all. But I have to first look at my own life and, uh, and let the Lord give to me, even now, uh, a taste of that judgment that I'm going to have for real one day, definitively. And because if I, if I recollect and reflect upon the real day of my own judgment when Jesus comes back in glory, it should, if I'm a reasonable kind of person, temper the way I say and do things now. So hopefully by living in a constant—you you, you and I were talking about this yesterday, Mary, uh, in the office, you know, the, how the early church, up until recently, actually, uh, would always have that expression, remember death. Keep your death always before you. And it can seem morbid to do that. You know, some of us have been in seasons where um, death was right here for some of us, and it's kind of an awkward thing. Um, But that's the reality. That's the one certain thing that's going to happen to all of us. But we don't often sit and think about that. We may pray and uh, go to the Word of God and journal and read some really, really great books and trying to um, live um, spiritually fruitful lives. But it is beyond sobering. Uh, to imagine yourself before the king of the universe standing there um, being accountable for every thought, word, and deed. And I remember there's a friend of yours, Father John, who came to the parish a set of years ago, and he was talking about the sheeps and the goats, and his admonition at the end of his homily, your deacon friends, don't be a goat. And I remember I wrote that down on a piece of paper, and I put it on my bulletin board like, oh, sweet Jesus, I don't want to be a goat. <laughs> and, and how do I not be a goat? Right right? Um, To live every day as if it's your end. Try to be at peace with all men to the degree that we can. And I have enough that I'm going to be responsible for when I stand before my just judge without looking at everybody else. You know, we often hear our archbishop say, eyes on Jesus. It's eyes on Jesus, and it's eyes on my own soul. Right. Mm. Right, And we talk about, you know, you want to make a difference. Well, I may not be able to change politics and a whole set of things, but I can change, with God's grace, me. And there's a lot in me that needs mm, to be changed. Even as you're talking, Mary, I'm thinking of that season in your own life when God gave you that severe mercy of going through cancer. And you and Steve were walking through that. Your husband, I was able to walk with you guys at that time, too. And um, the, the transformation, I mean, you, you are already, I've heard you say this countless times, like you were already a disciple of Jesus, you love the Lord, and yet there was something about, okay, death is not um, theoretical anymore, it's not abstract, it's right in front of me, like I mm. might be dying, and the Lord allowed that season in your life, and the 
the refining that he did in your life, I know this as your friend, was just extraordinary. And, and Advent's supposed to be something like that for all of us. Advent's supposed to be like the doctor coming in going, hey, um, you're terminal. Because hmm. we all are. You're going to die. And it's time to get your house in order. And, and that's a, again, that's supposed to be at one and the same time, both and, really hopeful. You know, I'm thinking of, we just lost three friends in the right. past couple of weeks uh, of ours. Uh, good brother, Bill Nelson, uh, the father of a good friend of ours, Jeff. Love you, praying for you, brother, in this time of grief. Bill Platten, a uh, great brother down in uh, Memphis, and we're praying for all the community down there, especially his lovely wife, Renee, and the family that's mourning his loss. And then Nick Tom, who's just uh, been a tremendous brother of ours, uh, Ave Maria Radio, and kind of the right hand of Al Cresta, who uh, many people know for so long, praying for his wife, Jen, and the family that's grieving him. And as we think about these guys and all the other people that we love, right, I am both intensely jealous of them, because they are, I think, where, at least they're on their way, if they're not already home, they're, they're where we want to go. But I'm also like, um, just reflecting on, I, I want to talk to them and go like, what was it like to stand in front of him and to meet him? And please pray for me that when that real day comes for me, I'll be ready. Hmm. And again, that's what Advent is. Advent's a time of the Lord saying, it's going to come to a close. Um, that's why I think, you know, many people, we find these these seasons um or this season in particular, seems to not quite fit with the mood because we're like, yay, it's Christmas. And the scriptures at Mass are like, hey, it's going to get hard. And you're like, how does this jive together, right? I mean, it's, it's really important um, that we let, as we say all the time, the biblical worldview be the leading thought in our minds, in our families, in our hearts, in our behaviors during this Advent season. I mean, there is so much holly jolly going on around here. <laughs> you know, Emily and I were walking through Home Depot um, just the other day, and she goes, I would, I would love to consider a, um, a new nativity scene out front of our house. You know, it's one of the things we do is put up a nativity scene. And, and I said, okay, well, great. Well, let's go see what, see what there is, you know. And um, th- there, were, there, were, there was literally no nativity scene. There was about a 400 snowmans, 300 Santas, you know, 200 elves. <laughs> A lot of stars. There's no nativity scene. I mean, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? We've, we're, we're completely. I mean, we've we've been saying this for years. Many people have, but we're completely losing the meaning, you know. And 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 to to enter into the merriness of Christmas now, just actually is not not appropriate yet, you know. And and the, the, it, much like we say, we like you say, Father John, at least, um, what what you you get out of Easter, what you put into Lent, yeah. You're gonna get out of Christmas, what you put into Advent, yeah, and we're gonna get out of our judgment, what we put into our lives, you know, um, right? So so. Like, you know, we were talking about this last week, you know, the the um, the scriptures leading into Advent, it was almost like a split screen, the daily mass readings. You know, on one side, we were hearing Revelation, which was looking at the angels, looking at the saints, looking at the wrap up of history. And it was like, oh, I want to be there. Like, it's it's joyous. It's over. It's done. Look at the look at perfection. Look at happiness. Look at fulfillment. On the other side of the screen was the gospel. And Jesus is going, these things are going to happen. It's going to be tough. There's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be people handing you over, betrayal by friends. When these things happen, not if, when these mm. things happen, don't be terrified. Prepare now so that you can be ready 
over here on that other side of the screen so that you can join the angels and the saints in the worship of the Lord God Almighty and entering into the abundance of life which God's prepared us for, right? So I'm going to get out of judgment <laughs> what I put into this life. Thus, Jesus' exhortation, watch, take heed, prepare, what? get ready. And you have a great word that you had when you were praying um, shortly after your brother and your, and your father had passed. Will you share that story? Uh, you know, it was just a, a simple experience that I had that was so moving for me. You know, I was, I think when my, uh, when my dad died, it was the first, like, um, I mean, I've been around death my whole life as a priest, but when my dad died, I, I felt like, wow, I hope I haven't said all these stupid things to people in, in an attempt to try to comfort them that, that people have said to me in an attempt to comfort <laughs> me. Um, and I was, I was shocked by my, by my dad's death, but when my brother died, just a few weeks after that, I mean, it was like getting run over by a truck mm. twice. And my brother's just a few years older than I am. And I think after he died, I, like, I just wanted to go. Like, I just want to go home. And I, so I was, this is the guy I grew up playing with, you know? Mm. When we played sports together, we did all sorts of stuff together. And I just said, um, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, where are you right now? What are you doing? And at one point, um, I think it was in the middle of mass, like I felt like I heard my dad and my brother just say to me from heaven, from this place of, you know, fulfillment and delight and joy beyond all description, John, just hang on and persevere. This is so worth it. Hmm. You know, we can't describe for you what this is like, but this is so worth it. Like no one who trusts in the Lord will be put to shame. Like, no one's going to die. Father Francis Martin used to always say this and go, oh, man, what a fool I was for trusting in Jesus. He just didn't quite deliver. Like, no <laughs> one's going to say that, you know? Like, it is so worth it. Just hang on. Like, get your house in order. Like, grow in virtue. Grow in charity. Get rid of sin. You know, like, now. Who cares what was yesterday or last night or this morning? Like, now. Begin Work again. on being a saint mm. now. Yeah. Don't be a goat, as, yeah. uh, as you just said again, Mary. You know, Father, you you were you shared that story with us earlier, as Nick said. And my mom is in a nursing home, and she's going through a really hard time. The loneliness, mm. you know, not being with my dad. My daddy passed away, um, and just the loneliness of being in a nursing home with COVID and everything else. And she was struggling the other day, so I shared that with her. And through tears, she said, "Thank you so much." Mm. Like, that's really helpful. My mom's in the twilight of her life, and she knows you, and she loves you, Father. And she said, tell Father John, thank you. It instilled hope. Like, what you've said is going to happen. You're faithful to your promises. You are trustworthy. And there is more to come, and you will see Daddy again, and you will be with Jesus. Right. Just hang in there. That's, that's right. a great just word for all of us, no matter what season of life we're in. So well, and that, thank that's, you for that. That's why this season is both hopeful and encouraging, right? And also sobering, sobering. and terrifying, right? Mm -hmm. So let me share if I can. It's another sermon from Newman that I think we passed around as a team over the weekend. I came across this again. And j just this one paragraph, which I found so moving and so helpful for these days, it's another reflection he gave on uh, Advent. He says this. He says, We are destined to come before him and to come before him in judgment. And that on our first meeting... And that suddenly. We're not merely to be rewarded or punished. We are to be judged. Recompense is to come upon our actions. 
not by a mere general provision or course of nature as it does at present, but from the lawgiver himself in person. We have to stand before his righteous presence, and that one by one, one by one, we shall have to endure his holy and searching eye. At present, we are in a world of shadows. What we see is not substantial. Suddenly, it will be rent in twain. Great word, huh? And vanish away, and our maker will appear. It, 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 there's just something so... Um, it's, like a, it's like cold water being thrown on me sometimes when I read Newman. It's like, oh, but I just want to go get a snowman and put it in front of my front door. And in fact... Um, the Lord through people like Newman and whatnot is saying, hey, nothing wrong with that. Like, celebrate, rejoice, but make sure that you do it mindful of the fact that I'm coming back. And I've told you this in advance. You know, like a good teacher tells you what's going to be on the exam, right? <laughs> the Lord's the best of teachers. He tells us, one, there's going to be an exam, and two, what's going to be on it. And what's going to be on it is this. Did you love? Did you love me with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength? And did you love your neighbor as yourself? And you know what? Like, I can't fake him. I can't fool him. I can't cheat. I'm just exposed, which is why, what do we do? We just cry out, Lord, mercy. Please, mercy. And the reality, if uh, as you're talking, like, you, you can't fake it on that last day. But, but but we're deluding of ourselves if we think we can fake it now because he can discern our purposes from afar. Mm. He knows every thought before, I mean, that enters our mind. He knows every word that we're going to speak. That's how intimately he made us. He knows us. There's no hiding from him even now. He knows our motivations, why we do what we do. I mean, when you, you, when, when you just reflect on like Psalm 139, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, like he's in me. He knows everything. Like, why wait? Right. Why wait <laughs> to get right? I mean... Lord, I'm so sorry that every thought and word indeed does not honor you. Yeah, and, and, and so we, we mentioned this last week as we were having a conversation. And if I'm ready right now, then I can live my life right now with tremendous confidence. So I think I was telling the story of uh, Francis de Sales. I think it's de Sales. If it's not, someone will correct me, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but who used to love to play cards. And somebody said to him one time, like, if you knew, like, Jesus was coming in an hour, what would you do? And they asked him this as he was at the table playing cards. And he said... Well, I, I just keep playing cards. And there's a that's a tremendous answer. That that's it's the so that's the answer of so a man good. who's ready. He's like, well, I wouldn't need to run to confession. Most of us would be like, what? He's coming in an hour? Like, I gotta go. Is there a priest nearby? Like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, well, I'll be I, at Saint Bonaventure yeah. standing in line. <laughs> Big lines and confessions. DeSales just says, no, I I just keep doing what I'm doing because I try to live every moment with the mindfulness that the Lord's coming back. And so I want to be doing what I'm doing, even if I'm playing a game in such a way that I can glorify and please him in the same way that I would be glorifying and pleasing him if I was on my knees in a church. Like God's just always present to the saints. And that's what we aspire to have happen too. So let me just ask. So a lot of what's informing our discussion here comes from some things that we've read and I've, I've always thought one of the best things that we can, uh, we can do to people is just encourage them to find resources, especially for a season like this, 
that could be worth diving into? I know you guys have got some. You want to share some of those resources that might just inform how to better um, make the most of this Advent season? Yeah, well, there's a couple on my mind that I pulled off my bookshelf not too long ago. One was... um, one is a book by Mother Mary Francis. She's now in heaven with the king. But she wrote a series of, or her sisters rather, put together a series of reflections called Come Lord Jesus and their meditations on the art of waiting. And uh, those are very, very rich. She's a beautiful writer. There's a, there's a reflection for like every day of Advent. Every day of Advent. And uh, they're beautiful. They're very meaty. Um, and then there's another one that I just gave to Steve, my, my husband, um, Alfred Delp, who was a priest who was martyred, um, I forget which camp he was in. He was in, he was in. I don't know if Delp was in Dachau or if, if Delp was was murdered in prison, but he was killed by the Nazis. Anyway, uh, he wrote uh, an, another book called Advent of the Heart: Seasonal Sermons and Writings, and Steve is really enjoying those. They're sobering. They're all very sobering, but great fruit uh, to. Did she won? Hmm. Yeah, a couple of the ones we've been talking about today on podcast um, from from Newman, and maybe we should at some point we should tell tell everybody who Newman is for those who don't know. But <laughs> but John Henry Cardinal Newman. <laughs> but, but so so um, sermon twenty two uh, from Newman is this one on watching. So you can um, just find that so right by googling. Go on Google, type in Newman sermon twenty two watching. Boom. First thing, click on it. I just did it. The next one we talked about today uh, from Newman is on worship. So you type in Newman, Sermon 1, worship, and that'll pop right up. So both of those, very worthy reads, especially, especially that watchfulness at the beginning of Advent, get the, get the right mindset. And then Fleming Rutledge has the other, but you mentioned that earlier in the podcast. Um, you've heard us talk about Fleming Rutledge on podcast over the last set of months. Just a remarkable preacher. Um, her This book is called Advent, The Once and Future Coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, and again, just rich fare. Yeah, those are, those are great. So again, we just want to encourage people, make the most of these days. Like most of us are done binge watching, right? Like there's there's just not that much that we haven't seen thanks to the pandemic that's out there. <laughs> this is a great time to just do some really prayerful reflection, some reading, just soak ourselves in uh, the thoughts of some really holy men and women who can help inform our own thinking and prepare us both with joy, hope, encouragement, as well as uh, the appropriate sobriety that we need in these days. And Maybe, maybe I'll close with this. It's a, it's a quote from uh, the prophet Malachi, which is just another uh, helpful exhortation of these days, right? Malachi says this, Who can endure the day of his coming? That's the Lord's coming. Who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. This is what God is going to do with us, right? I remember someone saying once, like, how does a, a refiner of gold know when all the dross has been burned up? Like, how, how do you know when it's time to pull the gold out of the fire? And the person said, you do that when you can see your reflection in the gold. And so they said from there, and that's what God will do with us. He will be done refining us when he looks at us, and all he sees is himself. 
So let's pray for one another in these days. Huh? Let's pray that we will uh, enter into these days with the appropriate attitude that the church encourages us to do. Let's temper our judgments and expect our own judgment. And remember, as Newman again reminded us, life is short, death is certain, and eternity is long. But remember, the one who holds that eternity, the one who's going to come back, is a good God. And he wants to prepare us now. So, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. 